Hi guys, it's Claire and this is the Coached by Claire podcast. If you want some company in your pursuit of a healthier, stronger, fitter you, then you've come to the right place. Strap in for stories about my own journey and useful education about how you can improve your health and achieve the goals you've always wanted. Hey pals, welcome back to the Coached by Claire pod. This is episode 39, gosh. Um, Who knew that I'd ever get to 39 episodes? Long may, long may she continue. Um, But in this one, I'm going to be talking about the eat less, move more narrative that we hear batted around and actually why sometimes it's not very helpful, um, etc, etc. I'll go into it. So without further ado, let's dive on in. So we all know that in order to lose fat we need to eat less and probably move a little bit more. Now, pretty much everybody knows this. I doubt there's a person on the planet who doesn't understand that in order to elicit fat loss, you have to increase your energy expenditure and reduce your energy intake. I think like we all know that, although it is sold to us, in different ways sometimes and people still ask like what the magic is and like what's the secret there is no secret that is just it you have to eat less and move more however this is not always particularly helpful because so many other things come into play here like your behavior we have to remember that we are humans and nothing is ever completely straightforward nothing is ever really easy it is hard sometimes to be able to eat less and move more so it's much more about behavior change and mindset if everybody who knows that you need to eat less and move more actually was able to just then put that into practice then I would not have a job so when it comes to changing your behavior a really good approach is to do it a bit at a time. Don't look at what your goals are. Don't look at the top of the mountain and think, I've got to get up there right away. Think that you can, and this goes back to um, Friday's podcast when I was talking about being all or nothing and like people saying, oh, I'm all or nothing. Like that is totally the wrong approach. You're never going to be able to change your behavior if that's your mindset. You've got to look at how you can do it gradually, how you can implement small sustainable changes that are going to help you to move forwards so right off the bat look at your step count so in terms of moving more what are your average steps where do they fall if you don't have um a watch that tells you your steps your phone will likely give you a rough ballpark idea obviously we don't have our phones with us all the time although a lot of us do carry them with us a lot but get a rough idea. And if you have got a watch, have a look at the data from your watch for the past few weeks and see where your steps are falling. And if they are anywhere below sort of 6,000 steps, then really you want to look at where you can implement getting more steps. What I find really helpful is to load the earlier part of my day with the majority of my steps. So obviously I have dogs, I take them out for walks. That is um a really easy way for me to get steps in and I appreciate like if you don't have a dog you've got much less of an an incentive to go out and do the steps because for me I've said this so many times but 
my dogs are quite big active dogs laurel is quite a big dog um maple's not as big but she's still a puppy but they're both very very active and if i do not walk them in the morning they are a total fucking nightmare for the rest of the day they're just full of energy and if i don't walk them again in the evening they're also quite active and annoying in the evening so i have to walk them in order to have a little bit of peace in my life and to be able to get work done so and you know come rain or shine snow whatever it is all year round i have to walk my dogs so for me i appreciate it's a little easier so if you don't have a dog like the incentive to go out and get the steps is much much less but in that situation you need to think about your mindset and put yourself first like you have a goal for a reason what is the reason and do a bit of deep digging on that goal again talked about this before you can go back and listen to previous podcast episodes about um you know like goal setting and stuff like that in fact i don't actually know if i've done a whole episode on goal setting but i've definitely talked about it before but finding the reason why you want to make the change and focusing that at the center then of everything you do and all of the choices you make is really going to help so if your steps, as I said, are like sub 6,000, you want to look at where you can get extra steps in. Could you get up half an hour earlier than normal and go out for a 20 minute walk or you know, even a 30 minute walk? You will do about 10,000 steps every 10 minutes. So doing a 30 minute walk in the morning that you ha- didn't usually do before is immediately gonna add about 3,000 steps to your day, which is quite a significant amount. Another good thing to do is to look at your week as a whole. So perhaps on a Sunday evening, when you're beginning to wind down, have a look at your diary for the week. What have you got on? What does your work schedule look like? What does your social schedule look like? What have you got to do with the kids, with family, etc., etc.? And plan in days that you might be able to go on longer walks. And it might be that if you work a nine to five, that has to wait to the weekend. And it also might be that you have to start dragging your kids out with you. And sometimes kids don't wanna do shit, right? Because, you know, they've got other stuff on, maybe they find walks boring, whatever. But start getting your children, if you have children, to go out with you. I've got loads of clients who say the loveliest things in their check-ins about their children and about how this whole process has helped them to spend more quality time with their kids outside getting their kids off like you know their xbox or their phones or whatever it is and just spending time in nature and doing something nice together as a family so yeah planning your week is really important you want to find as i said those snippets of time that you can maybe get in like a few extra steps like those half an hour in the morning maybe half an hour in the evening um but also then look at where you can plan in some like bigger activity another really nice idea is to introduce introduce something like going on bike rides so my friends and i i mean i hadn't ridden a bike for like 10 12 years maybe and a few weekends ago we decided that we'd all go on a bike ride together. My friend um, gave me her old bike, it's really old, but perfect, gets me from A to B. And so we've started this thing, we call it Sunday Cycle Club. And so now every Sunday we've been going on bike rides and this weekend we're gonna go to the Forest of Dean and we're actually gonna go and hire bikes. Although we have all got a bike, Um, some of our bikes are not suitable for the trails that they've got there and we're not going to do anything crazy because we're not mountain bikers 
Um, you know, we're not like hardcore at it, but it's something really nice to do all together. So like whether you have children or whether you don't have children, it's just such a nice activity. And we were saying like, we've enjoyed it so much because we're all together, we're having laughs. You can speak to each other while you're on a bike ride. We end up laughing at each other and the silly things that we do. We take nice photos together. It gets us out in the countryside, out in the fresh air. And it's just something different from like sitting around and having drinks together or like sitting around and having a barbecue, which also, of course, we love, but it immediately gets in a whole chunk of activity. And while you can't measure things like cycling or swimming or whatever it is in the same way that you can measure steps. I get asked this quite a lot. Like if I did X amount of cycling, how many steps would that amount to? That's a really, really difficult thing to estimate. So I just use the time um, frame that we've been cycling for, if that makes sense. So for example, yesterday morning, I walked my dogs as normal. By the time we got, in fact, by the time we went on our bike ride, I'd done about 11,000 steps. Um, and then we cycled for about an hour. So that's probably equates to another five, 6,000 steps perhaps because the amount of energy you're exerting over that time. So things, thinking of different things that you can do and introducing new stuff into your life is a really nice way to think about how you can move more. And it doesn't have to be something you hate. You don't have to go out pounding the pavement running on your own. Um, and in fact, sorry, I'm waffling on now, but we were saying, you know, in the winter when the weather's not as good, we're probably not going to want to ride our bikes as much. So we're already thinking about what we could do instead. And my friend suggested playing badminton. Um, so the local school has got um, indoor badminton courts and you can go in the evening and pay to use the courts. So we're probably going to do something like that because again, it's just a really nice different activity that we can do um that that brings us all together but we're going to be indoors and we're not going to get wet or freezing cold doing it and then when it comes to thinking about eating less again you don't need to completely overhaul your diet and change every single food that you're eating make it simple for yourself make it easy because Moving more and eating less is hard enough as it is. So let's not make it really fucking complicated. Look at the meals that you currently eat and look at where you can tweak them. If you use things like olive oil or vegetable oil or lots of butter in your cooking, you can immediately switch that out for low calorie cooking spray. And I know some people don't like low calorie cooking spray and that's absolutely fine if you don't and you don't want to use it. But what you could do instead is decant your olive oil into like a spritzer bottle and you can actually buy spritz bottles from Amazon and stuff for exactly this purpose. And again, that will immediately reduce the amount of olive oil that you're using because one spritz I think is about two mils. So instead of using 10 or 15 mils of olive oil, which is gonna be well over 100, possibly nearly 200 calories, you're gonna be changing that to literally two mils. And if you want to use the low calorie cooking spray, it's one calorie per spray and you'll maybe use three to five sprays per dish. So that's a really simple swap. The next thing you can look at is what do you have that is full fat that you could make lower fat? So things like full fat Greek yogurt, buy 0% fat Greek yogurt instead. 
full fat cottage cheese by zero percent fat cottage cheese or fat free cottage cheese hummus by reduced fat hummus there are such simple easy swaps that you can make that will immediately take a massive chunk of calories out of your diet and the other thing to remember about this is that eat less move more is sometimes not helpful because actually you don't necessarily have to eat less food volume you can easily eat the same if not more food volume if you are savvy about the foods that you are choosing so thinking about volume eating which is like picking high volume low calorie foods vegetables whether that's salad veg or you know more wintry veg whatever it is broccoli cauliflower lot like lots of lettuce big salads peppers courgettes aubergines all of this sort of thing is going to help you bulk out your meals massively and I know this might sound a bit weird but I really like to if I'm having a pasta dish top it with loads of like baby leaf salad and you can do this with rocket or whatever it is that you want but I love baby leaf salad mixed into pasta and some people might find that really weird because like generally pasta is a hot dish right so if you're mixing salad leaves in it might feel like it's a bit of a strange thing to do but actually I find it really tasty and I find it just really helps bulk out my meal the other thing you can do is add side salads or side dishes to your meals at home so you know if you're having a spaghetti bolognese or a lasagna for dinner cook a side of like leafy greens roast them in the air fryer spritz them with some oil or some low um, calorie cooking spray put some salt and pepper on top some garlic whatever it is you want and roast them in the air fryer or in the oven and they come out crunchy and delicious and that is going to be really minimal calories for quite a high volume of food and that way you are much less likely to overeat the lasagna or the bolognese or whatever it is that you're having as the main event and enable you to think about like when you're full and when you don't feel hungry anymore speaking of which is another big behavioral thing that we need to look at when it comes to fat loss and improving your health is recognizing hunger cues again i've talked about this probably a million times but i will talk about it again and again and again because i think it's important for people to hear and it takes time to implement but when you are eating a meal recognizing when you're full is super important and not pushing past that feeling we so often push past the feeling of fullness because you know we've ordered the food already and it's there and it's tasty or we've cooked it so we don't want it to go to waste but someone in fact my business mentor emma who is amazing and she's also a, a qualified personal trainer she's um, an academic she's done lots of stuff with type 2 diabetes she's an incredible human being she's really good at coming up with analogies and she once said your body is not a bin and that is so like I think that resonates with so many people because you're like oh well I don't want to waste this food so I might as well just carry on eating it but like your body's not a bin it's already wasted it was already wasted when you ordered too much food it was already wasted when you cooked too much food so whether you eat it or not makes no difference it's about learning how to reduce your portion sizes so actually you don't over order or you don't overcook the appropriate amount of food 
Um, and again, it comes with time, it comes with practice, but don't push past that feeling of fullness because you're disregarding your own hunger cues then, and then your body learns to like need more. And obviously you stretch your stomach, you put on weight probably if you're in a surplus, and then you're more likely to then stay in that cycle of overeating when you're full. And I also wanna just talk about tracking for a moment, um, tracking food, because you don't have to track food in order to elicit fat loss and put yourself into a calorie deficit by any means. There are lots of ways in which you can do it. Um, there's the hand method, which I think I've talked about before, um, where you, if when you're measuring out carbs, you do like a cupped hand-sized full of carbs. When you're doing your protein, you make sure it's like a, a palm-sized portion of protein fats make them no bigger than sort of your thumb um and then load your plate with veg um but tracking is a really useful tool and actually yes it can be a ball ache and it can be annoying to begin with but this is all part of the behavior change because tracking will help you recognize what's an appropriate portion size of whatever it is that you're measuring out so like pasta for me was a big one when I started on my journey like I used to make pasta dishes and cook a shit ton of pasta but actually an appropriate amount of pasta per portion is about 75 grams of dried pasta which looks like nothing compared to what I used to eat but getting used to having these smaller portion sizes is really important and tracking is something that will really help you do that. So even if you don't want to track forever, which a lot of people don't, and part of what I do is try and help eventually my clients come away from tracking if that's what they want. I personally still track my food quite a lot because I just enjoy tracking my food. I kind of like knowing where I'm at. I'm not obsessive about it. If I go out and have dinner out, then I won't track. I sometimes will go a couple of weeks, maybe a whole month without tracking at times. Um, I did have a period about six months last year where I didn't really track food and that was quite nice. But it's something that I kind of always gravitate back towards because I just enjoy it. And it's something that I don't find too tedious, but I think that that's because I've done it for a long time. But there are people that don't want to track forever. And if you're one of those, that's fine. But what I would say is like, give it a go and just see how you get on. Definitely the longer you do it, the easier it becomes. Most tracking apps will remember the foods that you eat most frequently. So you don't have to constantly search for the food or constantly scan everything in. Like it will remember, yeah, the foods that you eat on a regular basis. And then another thing that helps with behavior change and kind of reducing caloric intake is again, and this goes back to like making it really fucking simple for yourself, is eating the same or similar foods. So what's quite nice is to think about maybe three to five different breakfast options that you would enjoy that fit within your calories that maybe meet your protein requirement and then just rotate them and do the same with lunch and do the same with dinner. We don't have to eat something different all the time. And I think this notion of like, oh, I need different food because I'm bored of eating this. Like, I get it, but when you've got a goal that you're working towards, trying to think of something different to eat all the time is gonna make life really fucking difficult for you. And if it's foods you enjoy, then just enjoy them, relax. Like, it doesn't have to be different all the time. And you can always tweak things to switch it up slightly. It doesn't have to be exactly the same. But don't try to be thinking, like, so far outside the box that 
yeah, that it just becomes really complicated. So the whole point of this episode, hopefully that has, it's come across that behavior change takes time. It's not just about eating less and moving more. It is more complicated about than that. It is about your behavior, but doing things slowly and incrementally will undoubtedly set you on the right path. And the further you go down that path, the more things you will be able to do. But a big part of our behavior change is how our emotions and tiredness and you know just life in general affect our behavior and something that you get with one-to-one coaching is support in how to navigate that because that is often what throws people off like yes they know the, the premise of what they need to do they have they maybe have a bit of a loose plan in their head but like something always comes up right something life happens periods happen sleepless nights happen, etc, etc. And then it's about how you respond to those feelings rather than react to them straight away. And this is something I do, as I said, with my clients a lot is working out how we can help change those little behaviours that would usually throw them off course. So if you are interested in coaching with me, if you feel like you need some direction, some structure, some support to implement these small behavior changes please don't hesitate to reach out to me you can find me on instagram at coached underscore by underscore claire my website is coachedbyclaire.com claire as always has no i in it and if you found this episode helpful insightful you've enjoyed it whatever i would love it if you could take the time to just give me a five star review on apple or spotify or wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. As always, thank you so much for coming. I appreciate you all so much and I will see you in the next one.